Hey, I'm Robert. This is Blue Collar Bible Scholar. We're back. I want to talk to you about A Christmas Carol because it is the most godless piece of Christian art about the holidays. Holy days. They're holy days. It's Christmas time. Merry Christmas. All right, we're jumping right in. Uh, it's a little bit of a Rorschach test. It, it lets you see what you want <coughs> as far as spiritual things go. If you're a Christian, you can't help but see the Christian overtones. It's everywhere. If you're a godless atheist, half of everything is going to fly right over your head. And the rest of it, you're like, oh yeah, he's nice to people. Be nice to people. You know, Christmas is good. Yay. We're done. That's it. That's all you get. Um, but let's go into There's some fun Christian references I want to acknowledge um, before we move on. I apologize. Ah. Now, first off, I want to point out every every rendition, the caroler that Scrooge yells at and throws the Christmas wreath at is singing Good King Wenceslas. That's an awesome hymn. Or, uh, but it's a carol. Anyway, it's a hymn. It's an old Christian song. Look it up. It's from like the Middle Ages or uh, late or late Middle Ages. Um, Good King Wenceslas is an amazing song about a rich guy going out of his way to give to a poor guy. It's awesome. Uh, the very last line of the hymn is, Therefore, Christian men, be sure, wealth or rank possessing, you who now will bless the poor shall yourselves find blessing. It's right there. Um, the, the most obvious reference everybody probably immediately thought of is Tiny Tim is quoted by his father while they're being stared at by the ghost of Christmas present. Um, they came back from church and Tiny Tim says, I'm glad I hope people saw me because they might be reminded who made uh, lame men walk and blind men see. Okay, cool. They were already out of church service. Um, I mean, if they left a church service, I don't know how dry Anglican services are. I'm just taking cheap shots with their hand. I'm sorry. Um, but, I mean, if you're not reminded by Jesus, I guess seeing a crippled kid could help. Um, so, we got the Ghost of Christmas Pass. It's a really subtle and beautiful reference. <coughs> the Ghost of Christmas Past is so bright, he's hard to look at in every rendition. And, uh, he carries a lampshade under his arm, like a, a bushel that you snuff out candles with. And uh, he, that doesn't carry through in every rendition. I think the Michael Caine one does it pretty well. Uh, the first thing Scrooge does is asks him, hey, can you shield your yourself with that because it's bright? Please put that on your head. And he says, no. Many such men as yourselves have asked me to shield my light through the years. Robert's paraphrase. It's, it's in the book. I listened to the book recently. Um, and so the light, the Christmas, right? The ghost of Christmas past. Ghost being, you know, a spirit entity, um, an angel possibly. Uh, the, the older word had a wider range of meaning than just nowadays where we think dead people. Um, but the, the light of the birth of Christ carries on through time and is so bright that wicked men cannot look upon it without experiencing pain. And they, they request at all times to be shielded from the light of God. And it's a perfect imagery for, for good and evil and the way being a good, genuine person around um, 
even somebody who's just less righteous than you are, they experience discomfort being around you. Could you not be so good? You know, why do you do that all the time? If you're the only person at work that doesn't cuss, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It makes God, uh, worldly people, godless people, uncomfortable when you don't cuss. It's, it's weird, but it's everywhere. If, if you're that guy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. How everybody around you, when they cuss, will suddenly get uncomfortable and apologize to you when you, you, you were just there. You're like, I, don't, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I used to work in a prison. I'm not offended by what you said, but, you know, <laughs> oh, you, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk like that around you. It matters. It shows. Um, Christmas present, right? That guy is a really subtle reference. Obviously, you know, the, the joy of Christ in your heart, the, the good stuff. Um, if you read through Proverbs, it's, it's in there five or six times, repeated throughout in different ways that, you know, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than great feasting where contention is. And the whole point is being, um, it doesn't matter if you're poor, if you're enjoying life and you're having fun, you can't take it with you. Uh, you know, a miserable rich person is worse off than a poor guy who's just hanging out. Um, but he also says when the, he asks, you know, are there many more spirits? Oh, much more, more than 1800 of my brothers and sisters have come before me. That's one ghost of Christmas present every year since the birth of Christ. That's why he says 1800s. The book's written is around 1800 or so. And uh, nowadays they'll usually say 2000 to, for round numbers and to make the reference a little more updated. But it's very subtle. But it also, by having a subtle reference to the birth of Christ, it's a character development moment for Scrooge. Because even though he just had all this heart-wrenching mo- time with the Ghost of Christmas Present, still, past, sorry, the Ghost of Christmas Past, still, think of the grocery bills is all he can say. There was a direct, though veiled, reference to the birth of Christ. Oh, how much money that would cost. He's only thinking about cost and money. His brain is still in the bad place. Um, the Ghost of Christmas Future doesn't have a whole lot of direct references. Um, uh, but simply that the, the people that stole from a dead man can kind of tell they did something wrong in a lot of their, their dialogue, but they're all just like, oh, but we did it wrong together. So, I mean, there's moral tone that they all acknowledge a shared morality that they then ignored and they're all okay with it because they ignored it together um and he was mean so it serves him right right uh and then of course it ends on you know god bless us everyone ah that's nice isn't that nice it's just nice though um why don't they say his name i got three main beefs they don't say his name i don't think the name of jesus shows up once in the entirety of a christmas carol about christmas at christmas time they don't say the name of christ that's insulting to Jesus. Um, come on, man. You're worse than a Christian radio ad. Positive, encouraging. Why? Because Christ, that's why. Jesus is why you're encouraged. Because you're saved from sin and death. Doesn't come up. Okay, fine. Uh, say his name, though. But then also, the entirety of the Christian experience is dis- just diluted to be nice. Just be nice. He doesn't save you from sin and death. He just teaches you to be nice to people. Just be nice. Um, Scrooge is just nice now. Oh, okay. You don't go to church anymore. You don't pray to God for forgiveness of your sins that you've clearly been racking up over the years. No, he's just nice to people. He's like, oh, thank the spirits. Oh, and then he just runs around. He's happy now. That's it. No repentance, no prayer. And not once 
does he go to anybody and say, I'm sorry. I have spent years wasted being a miserable old crank, and I have wronged you severely, and I'm sorry. He doesn't say that. He's like, I'm nice now. We'll raise your A. Hey, let me give you some money, Bob, and now I'm a good person. Okay, so you're buying repentance now? I don't like where that's going. Now, let's ignore all of that. It's still, the entire premise of A Christmas Carol is godless and directly against the teachings of Jesus. In the description, I've got a link to Blue, uh, Blue Letter Bible or crack a spine on something or flip over to your preferred app, pause right now and go read Luke 16, 20. Luke chapter 16, verse 20. Go read it right now. Welcome back. Or you're still here, loser. Go look it up. The whole Christmas carol is directly against Jesus' teaching. That's the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. And he says, Lazarus has died and gone to heaven. And a rich man dies. It's a parable that Jesus tells. The story is, Lazarus is a a beggar who dies and goes to heaven. Uh, I'm not getting into the theological nuance. I know it's not actually heaven. We're moving on. And Lazarus, uh, the rich man who lived right next to him and never helped him his whole life, dies and goes to hell. Lazarus is in heaven next to Abraham, and the rich man's in hell, and he can see Abraham and Lazarus, and he asks him to help a brother out. And they're like, sorry, we can't. And he says, fine. Go back and tell my brothers, because they're headed to hell here with me, and I don't want them to join me. A person from the dead, he wanted to send back to warn his brothers. And Abraham's answer. So this Jesus is putting these words in Abraham's mouth in the parable. And says, no. They have the prophets and the law. They have the law and the prophets. And if that's not good enough for them, they will not believe whether a man come back from the dead to tell them. Robert's paraphrase. That's the entire premise of the movie. Marley was dead. This must be expressly understood or nothing wonderful can come for what I'm about to tell you. What? No. Scrooge has the law and the prophets. Scrooge has his nephew, Ned, coming to him every year arguing with him, saying, uncle, come join me for Christmas. Don't be such a grump. What are you doing? He has presumably the Anglican church, right? He's in London at the time the separations already happened. It's everywhere. He's got the church. There are church bells ringing in the distance constantly. That's what sets the time for the, the story is his, um, in the, in the book, it, it specifically mentions the church bells ringing in the distance along with his, uh, clock, his his cuckoo clock in the house ringing. Um, It doesn't matter if someone came back from the dead because his heart was already hardened. He already chose to ignore God. He chose to ignore the Anglican church. He probably walked by every day. He probably went to as a child. Just ignored it. went, Went away from it. Doesn't matter if a man comes back from the dead. At the start of it, you hear him. 
he's already justifying the ghost. An actual ghost came to talk to his actual face, a dead man that he watched get buried, that he did the paperwork on the death of, that was his best friend, as good as Scrooge got anyway. And he says, you're a glob of mustard. I'm having a dream right now. I'm not seeing this. I'm having indigestion. Good night. And then he ignores, the author ignores that, and then just carries on and goes, oh, he's a good person now. Look at this fun story. I'm sorry. That's not how that works. And if you listen to Jesus, you would know that. That's all I got for you. I'm back. Uh, Blue Collar Bible Scholar. You can go to bluecollarbiblescholar.com uh, slash book. I'm still selling my book. The link may or may not work right now. I'm, I am I got to reformat some stuff. Don't worry about it. Um, at least uh, look around. I've got stuff there. I've got more stuff on YouTube. I'm going to try and continue putting these out. Godspeed.